Thank you for listening to this training audio. We hope it inspires and equips you. This recording is by Ben Jones, titled Unlocking the Kingdom of God Within Children's Ministry from the Untapped Children's Ministry Conference on the 13th of February, 2021. So I run Missile Generation, uh, but it's not just me. It's a team of children and youth workers that help shape and inform the information that we create and deliver into the local context of where we operate. Uh, we're in the north, as as, Dan, as Ben has mentioned, and uh, we also stretch across anywhere where there's a relationship. So if there's anything that has got you excited about digital innovation to reach a generation, then please do uh, reach out to us. Our digital journey really started a number of years ago with a young person that had a dream to be a digital evangelist but wanted to be a YouTuber, but didn't know how to bring evangelism into it. And so what we did is we went on a journey. We asked the question, how does the local church use digital innovation to reach a generation? And where are the young people right now occupying their time? And how do we engage with that and add value to what they're learning, but also encourage the young people to be the evangelists, to be the disciples? And so what we will be sharing in, later in the workshop is how we've encouraged young people to use digital innovation, but also to support you in reaching secondary schools and primary schools. But for this one today, we are going to be looking at uh, this journey of an escape room. And uh, really, the whole point of this is to give you a bit of a fun time for the next period of time with us as we look at five spiritual attributes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk you through how the lock, how the escape room works. In a moment, there's going to be another web link up on your chat that is from our great mate in the background, uh, the, the digital guru, who's going to be putting information up. And it's a link to what3words.com. So we're going to need to use that website at some point in our lock room experience. We've created this lock room experience that allows you to run it with your 8 to 11 year olds. And uh, this is an experience that if you can complete it by the end of this time, we will send you out five children sessions for the eight to 11s where you can have all of the videos you see, you can have all of the worksheets, you can also have a, a badge uh, chart, wall chart, where you can get the young people to color in each of the spiritual attributes. When you see them come up on the screen, they're all linked into a badge and you can then get them to color in, stick it on their wall as a reminder, as a visual remember that God is calling them to have these spiritual attributes. And so it's also led as you can run in the Zoom or outside of a Zoom when we're allowed to get back up and running together. And so there is sessions, there's five sessions for you, and there's a, there's a link that you can click on to receive that uh, as you uh, finish the escape room. Um, just out of interest, anyone done an escape room before? give us a hand. It's probably nothing like what you're going to experience now because this is the first time I've ever made an escape room and we've had such joy building it for you guys. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start with the first one that's going to come up. So we've got a video to show uh, if we can. Um, fantastic. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you to press the play video. On this sheet that you might have downloaded, if not, don't worry. Uh, you will be able to uh, follow the on-screen instructions to take part. Uh, for those who feel like you just need a little bit more information sharing, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Um, there's a maze. There's words that come up on the maze. You need to use the words to help you find yourself through the maze. And you need to work out who is the child in the scripture, because each of these five spiritual attributes are connected to a child in scripture. <clears throat> so who's the child? 
What's the spiritual attribute that you might be able to guess before we show it to you on the screen? And what's the Bible passage that's connected to this? And then we're going to explore a little bit before we move on to the next video, what that spiritual attribute is and how it can help your children's ministry. Okay, please share the first video. Who here got that first spiritual attribute? Write it, uh, give me a wave if you've got it. If not, don't worry. This is the whole point of us is to give you the answers at the end of the videos. So the whole point of you to encourage these young people that you're working with these children is the first one is about wisdom. And you have seen that it came up. Wisdom is linked to the young boy called Joseph. Did anyone get the little boy named Joseph? Yeah, fantastic. I'm just going to try my hardest to flick through these screens. Forgive me if you're on slide two and three and you don't get me to see you. But yet yeah, wisdom and then the Bible passage is there in Acts 7, verse 10. I'm going to just read with you that Bible verse. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of the Pharaoh king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all of the palace. What we see here is this moment where wisdom is given to Joseph because of Joseph's conversation with God. We need as children's workers, as youth workers, as those who are concerned about children, we need to model what it means to have a conversation with God so that the revelation of his wisdom becomes who we are and, 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 and impacts the way that we act and the way that we lead and the way that we govern and the way that we have influence. And for us to raise up godly children and young people to have influence in their, in their context, arenas of life, is they need to know that wisdom is a gift given to them. It's important to be able to encourage a generation to recognize that being in relationship with God offers a deep sense of advice in our world that we live in. Joseph would have had many times in his life where he has felt isolated and needed to know the information for his now moment of crisis. And he ended up having conversation with God. And in that conversation, God gave him a fresh perspective on how to manage not just his life, but the lives around him. And in that story, we know that Joseph didn't always get it right from moment to moment, and neither do we. And so therefore, this idea of having a conversation with God about the uncertainties that we have, and that we have this heavenly wisdom. And so in the children's session that we have provided you are giving you opportunities to deepen that conversation with those children and young people in your care to explore more. But I help, want to help you by doing some application of this is make regular spaces to give young people and children the start, the time to start to tune in to the voice of God. Deliberately give space to wait in our times of conversation with young people and children and wait on the Holy Spirit. It feels really weird to do that during an online experience and possibly also in our over in our normal groups experience, but give the space for Holy Spirit to provide the wisdom that we need. Reassure them like Joseph, that they may not always get it right, but God is still in the business of using them to bring about transformation. And when wisdom is shared, the world is blessed. When wisdom is revealed to us, when wisdom is revealed to your children, the world will be blessed by the way they act, the way that they connect, the way that they befriend. And so 
for you, before we move on to our next escape room experience, just drop down one sentence that helps you think about maybe how you might like to apply or give space or pray about wisdom over your children and young people. I'm just going to give you a minute and that'll give the uh, 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 our digital king in the background the chance to just find the next video. So as we spend time waiting in prayer for a minute, ask the Lord, what do we need to do more? How can we give more space? How can we share more of our story about wisdom with young people and children? I recognize that not everyone is a, a fast processing and needs space to pause and allow the space to be silent. So I'm going to do my very best to give moments of those pause moments throughout our time together to just condense our thoughts into one or two points. So you don't miss on bringing that into application next time we meet with our children and people. So hopefully you've had enough time. Uh, our digital King, that's your new name, man, in the background there. A digital King, could you please... Uh, put up our next video and enjoy using the next sheet that allows you to explore what we're looking at. And if you need some, some help and you have not been able to download it, then the next one is looking at what3words.com. So you need to go to the website what3words.com. But don't worry if you're not somebody that can manage multiple screens because you're just using that one iPad for today. That's all right. We're going to give you the clues later what the items are. But what three words is basically you go to a website and there's going to be three words up on the screen. You want to write them in. So it could be banana, ice cream, jelly, and it will then locate a random square that is being designed in somewhere on what three words that will identify a location. These are three locations that we have provided for you that connect to a child in scripture and it's also connected to a spiritual attribute. Let's have the video, please. Uh, who here got that one? Who got the word David? Yep, fantastic. Well done, Tracy. Well done, Nick. Well done, Julie. And uh, what about the uh, spiritual attribute? Anyone got that spiritual attribute? Okay, don't worry. It is bravery. And then obviously the Bible passage as well. Um, as I realized, my, my big screen's here and my camera's here. So forgive me if I'm looking this way at you guys. And then it thinks that I'm not looking at you guys. Um, let me just unpack a little bit more about the spiritual attribute that we have here, bravery. There is a Bible passage in 1 Samuel 17 verses 45 to 46, and it says here, You come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled and the Lord will deliver you into my hands and you and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give this to the Philistines. This passage truly talks about bravery and uh, bravery is, um, is, is, is modeled through culture. What culture are we modeling our children and young people? How are we sharing with our children, young people, the bravery stories that are in our lives, that when we face a personal, local or global Goliath 
in our life, how are we mod mo articulating and modeling that sense of, I was in that point of difficulty and I stood on bravery with God. You see, bravery for David came alive when he sat on the hillside fighting the lions, the bears, the everyday today issues. And when something threatened the people of Israel, when something threatened the people that we love and see around us, that's just not right. Or we see them within the world, something ignited in David. The call to be brave was what he stood upon because of the culture that was around him, because people would have talked about the wonders and the power and the awesomeness of who God was as David grew up. And so he was he was schooled in this understanding and this imagination of this huge, great, big figure, God, that would stand with him when Goliath comes to rob, steal and destroy. And so one of the encouragements for us as children's workers, as youth workers, is to talk about who has influenced us and who has encouraged us to have a culture of bravery in faith, to stand amongst people and situations that are coming to rob, steal and destroy. We are living in an unfortunate, dangerous world. And the voice of God wants to be spoken out amongst the children and young people in our care because they are filled with bravery. And so what we have here is David stood eyeball to eyeball with his personal, local and global Goliath, because if that Goliath took over him, the history would have been horrendous for him. His life would have been horrendous. And so David learned through his confidence in God to articulate something that was not right. So we need to encourage our young people to understand the difficulties in the world and what is their godlike language through bravery to stand against it and to say, not on my watch will I allow that to happen. And we've been doing it with our children and our young people across Leeds and Bradford about them looking slightly beyond just their immediate Zoom groups and actually ask the question, what are some of the things in the world? And we've seen it, Black Lives Matter. We've seen the young people speak out against it. And so we need to encourage them to think about their culture and what is it that's fueling them in, in bravery. And if it's not godly culture and godly influence, then it's gonna not culturally satisfy their bravery. Can we have the next video up on the screen, please, my digital king? And we are going to move on to our next one. Hopefully you found that one uh, with what three words useful. Uh, and our next one is going to be coming up on the screen in a moment. And uh, this one is looking at a set of playing cards. And we're going to give you some helpful clues, but try and crack it before the clues come up on the screen. Again, what spiritual attribute are we looking at? What child from scripture and what Bible passage are we looking at? Please play the video. Fantastic. I hope you've got that one. Uh, it's the little maid of Israel. Did anyone get that one? I'm just going to flick through. Anyone get that one? It's quite a challenging one, isn't it? She's hidden deep within the Old Testament scriptures. Um, and so uh, if you haven't got it, um, Lindsay, I've just put the web, I've just put in the chat, the Bible passage, if you wouldn't mind reading that for us. Uh, that would be amazing. If you've got access to that, just give me uh, hello. Yes, you've got it. But as you guys find it, I want you to turn to the scriptures for me and find this scripture. It's two Kings verses five. Sorry, chapter five, verses one to three. Okay. 
2 Kings 5 verses 1 to 3. And uh, I'm just trying to make sure. Lindsay, did you get that Bible passage for us? I have, yeah. Amazing. This is like a shock to the system. I was all prepared for being like this uh, isolated loner on Facebook today. <laughs> well and done. it's like, ah! I'm on the show. Okay. In a moment, moment, you're going to read this passage, but I'm just going to make sure everyone's got it because this little child is deep hidden in the passage of this uh, Two Kings. And it is the most incredible passage that I came across. And so she's like one of my children heroes in scripture. So please read it for me, Lindsay. That'd be great. Cool. Apologies if I say his name wrong. So Neymar healed of leprosy. Now Neymar was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great, this is why I don't do readings in churches. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given him victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. (gasps) She served Neymar's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Fantastic. You read it so better than I did. Okay. This spiritual attribute is compassion. And this young child, this little girl had deep compassion, even though she was in a place that was not her home. She hadn't separated herself from this sense of being aware of when she sees need, she chooses to respond. And this compassion is a Christian item. It's a Christ-like item that we want to encourage our young children to live out and explore. And compassion means God's goodness, offering prayer, being intentional towards wanting to see healing and directly asking and supporting people and showing kindness to people. It's an it's, it's, um, it's opening ourselves up to the opportunity that God is tugging on us to respond and act when they see something not right. And so we want to be encouraging these young people and these children and our, and our care to, to see what is the tugging moments in our day-to-day lives that, that the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God is calling children and young people to show a deep sense of compassion towards others even compassion towards those that we don't like, that we don't get on well with, that we find just really rattle our cage. And you might want to explore some of those feelings and emotions that that those young people and children that care have when they're in their schools, when they're on their playgrounds, and actually some of those people that they find they struggle with. You know, it's funny that I can remember the kid that bullied me in school by his first name. And I remember those moments, and I'm sure you remember those moments, and our children and young people are going to remember those moments, and and we can help encourage them to deal with those moments when they start to reflect on what it means to have compassion for them, and compassion towards those that we find difficult or those that we don't necessarily find difficult comes alive through prayer and through being intentionally seeing and intentionally saying we need to invite that person in prayer to know the master that can help. And we see that in this scripture. If only my master would see the prophet, and she's declaring a godly person there. If only the children in our care knew that they could in prayer bring them to the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, please 
melt their hearts for what melts your heart. Bring them to a place of change and healing and wholeness. And then we can start to pray that into action because then when we actually are faced with that time, we might see those children, young people activating in that compassionate prayer through saying, hey, I see you might be having a difficult day. I want to pray with you. I know that that's quite a bold statement to say for our children, young people, but I want to share a quick story with you about my son, Christopher. And I love my son dearly. And there was a moment where he came home from school and he had a bite mark on his face. And uh, we asked, what happened? What happened? And this child that he was trying to play with in the playground um, reacted badly to him and just didn't know why he did it. But he bit the little, my, bit my son's face. And my son was in the head teacher's room and my son turned to the head teacher says, don't worry, we pray for this child every day. And my son had caught something of the compassionate nature of God. I'm not endorsing what the, what the, what the child did to my son was fair and right because it wasn't. But my, my sense in my heart was like, Lord, thank you for speaking deeply to my son before I even get the chance to in the point where he expressed compassion in that point of difficulty. And I want to encourage us that in this story, this little girl, he he communicates compassion because it says quite clearly, if only my master would see the prophet. Do you know what young, um, I was going to say, do you know what young people, I'm speaking to adults here. Do you know what adults, the, 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 if only they would see the master, it's like, if only they saw who I live for, who I want to reveal, who I want to sort of leak out, untap out into my context. If they only saw who I live for, they will find freedom. And that attitude is about transforming their context. It's not an egoistic attitude. It's a kingdom of God attitude that changes the landscape. And so I I, I really want to encourage you to look again at that story and look at how that child in a point of difficulty says, I have the answer through compassion. Um, Just give yourself a moment now, as I forgot to do it last time, but I want to make sure you have now, just a moment before we move on to our next one uh, of the uh, thoughts you might want to jot down from last escape room and this escape room, and then we will carry on to the next one. Okay, my digital king, let's have the next video up on the screen. That'd be great. And for this particular um, one that we're going to be looking at, I'm just going to hide that screen that's come up on my screen here. And this particular one we're going to be looking at is the next one. Um, Nobody likes vegetables, but enjoy what we see on the screen. Uh, You have got to uh, create a, um, a Bible child from scripture using every single letter of these fruits and you've got to find out what the spiritual attribute is and where it sits in the Bible. And uh, they're going to come up on the screen and uh, have fun trying to guess the fruits and, and vegetables and other items. Let's press play. So who got that one? Raise your hand if you got it. Fantastic. Well done. Fantastic. Well done. And let's going to look at the next one screen. Hopefully you received the information that was uh, Daniel and boldness. And this passage of scripture is taken from Daniel 1, verses 3 to 17. I'm not going to read all of it for you uh, because time, but also you you know the story well, I'm sure. Yeah, seeing some noddings, you know the story. This is the point where uh, Daniel is asking to uh, do something that's different. Okay, 
and choosing to articulate the importance of doing something different, not out of an offense towards somebody, but out of the deep conviction that that man Daniel understood that was important to God. You see, boldness is about knowing what's important to God and choosing not to compromise and go down a path that is not good and God is encouraging us not to do it. Boldness is saying, I'm going to stand on this principle because I know it's true and I'm going to confidently walk in it and hopefully it will model something that is true around me. Uh, This can only come from a relationship with God and it isn't about having an offense towards others, but rather it's about grounding ourselves in knowing who we are in God and whose we are in God and how God wants us to be. Explaining this to our children is really important and it's a positive trait to have in our spiritual journey because it it also encourages others to self-reflect on their principles, on their sense of what is correct in their minds. And actually in this attitude of boldness that we see Daniel does is it is actually it benefits others that he's with but also models something that empowers them to think differently. I want to encourage you to invite you with your children and young people to reflect on what is important to God and what God might be saying to them on a regular basis and asking them to say, God, what are you saying to me that I need to be more bolder in? to change something in my lifestyle, to change the way my attitude, to change the way that I might behave, because you're calling me to represent the boldness of the kingdom of God in our context. And we should encourage young people to share their faith with others, because that is an outworking of the boldness that we know is at work in our lives. And when we know that through revelation of the Holy Spirit, there's an application of boldness, then we want to share that with the world. We want to bring that transformation to those around us. And so I want to encourage you to create weekly tasks or weekly moments where you can ground this and put it into practice. And again, all the sessions that we've written alongside these escape rooms are going to help you stretch that thinking a little bit more with your children and young people. Before we enter our last uh, um, spiritual attribute, I want to give you a moment just to write down something of what you might think God is calling you to be bold in. And maybe that's a story then you can record and write down and start to think through about how you can articulate to your children and young people in your care about the powerful story of God at work in your life to be somebody who stands for something of the kingdom of God and models boldness. Just give you a moment to write that down and then we're going to show you our final video. In a moment you're going to see up on the screen our final video. So in a moment you're going to see on the screen four four items that would have appeared at the end of every video and there's a question that links to it. See if you can work out which Bible person child that we're looking at what spiritual attribute and which Bible passage it links to. Play the video, please. So this final spiritual attribute, did anyone get it? Let's just show your hand. Did anyone get the young person's name? Just a couple. Yeah, okay, we've got a few there. What about the uh, spiritual attribute itself? Um, Open-handed is the spiritual attribute. 
and uh, the uh, the boy is the little boy in the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I absolutely love this story because this story is amazing about how transformation comes alive at the hands of children. This story reveals to us the eagerness of the Holy Spirit at work in us now to be open-handed. It, it, it reveals the amazingness of how the kingdom of God is saying to bring about full transformation in your context, the resource has to come from the children, young people. We need to give them center stage. We need to empower them to know what it means to be willing to be open-handed and say, hey, Jesus, is this enough for you? Because I've got something for you. We call this, is this enough for you? That moment of recognizing your organic language of heaven. What is the organic language of heaven that our children and young people have? It's their passions. It's their skills. It's their talents. It's what comes natural to them. It's what is like they're breathing every day, their interests. And that is something that the heaven is desperately looking to want to breathe life on. And we see in this attitude of the young boy being willing to openly give the resource that he have. And actually what's exciting is this child hasn't recognized, but he's the only one prepared for the journey home. He's the only one who's like, well, I've got enough for my journey home, but everyone else that 5,000 or 4,999 hasn't got the resource it needs for food right now. And Jesus provokes the disciples and trains them to think about what it means to raise up that young person and encourage them to respond. And this is what we need to do as youth leaders, as children's workers, is to train up a generation to say, I'm willing to give something to God this moment because I see a crisis need. And so we need to be encouraging young people to recognize that God is looking to use them to bring about the wholeness and, and the transformation that could come alive around them. And we see that this little boy in the midst of the miracle taking place feels like he's part of the vision of direction. And that is really key to encourage our children, young people to recognize that they are part of the vision of the church as they bring their gifts to the Lord and openly give them and saying, this is an act of worship. Is this enough for you, Jesus? I'm opening up myself for you to use my skill and my talent, my interest. And then what's also quite exciting is this story is that little boy is now walking back to his home with the legacy of his understanding in his mind saying, I was the one that God used and I'm desperate for God to use me again. I'm no longer just seen as an average everyday young person. I'm seen as somebody who's acted in the moment of need and saw a response that happened. And so these, these spiritual attributes are so important for us to model and train and equip our young people and our children in the work that we do because they actually position our young people and our children into a place of influence, into a place of purpose, into a place of knowing identity in God. In a moment, uh, I'm going to put in the chat a chance for you to just fill out uh, a very simple, yes, I would like to receive the session for today. And I think that that uh, would be, is that something I can put up uh, my digital king or is that something that, uh, uh, well, I'll just uh, see if I can put it up for you. Here we go. Du, 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 du. 
Okay, this is just giving me GDPR green light to email you all of what you need, okay? This will give you the chance to download all of the videos, download all of the sheets that we've gone through, download the five spiritual attribute children's ministry sessions for the seven, five to 11s, and also a chance for you to download the help sheets and the leader's letters. And also in there is a 15% off gift to our, our stop to buy any of the digital innovations that we've created. And uh, it's just a joy to be able to run alongside you, children, young people, as you reflect on what it means to bring about the change in our young people in our care. I want to finish by praying for you. Uh, and I want to just uh, invite you to um, resume the innovation pose, just to have your hands open and allow the Holy Spirit to speak deeply into your lives now and reveal revelation beyond your dreams, beyond your strategy plans, because that's where the Holy Spirit works. It stretches us to go deeper in faith. So, Father, I just pray, come Holy Spirit, speak mightily into our lives as we understand the role of what it means to be children and youth workers in our context. Father, I thank you that you have positioned us right on that centre point in that place and space you've called us to be, to have influence, to raise up a generation, to speak boldly into the lives of young people and children, to say you have a purpose. The world needs to hear the organic language of heaven at work in you. And so, Father, we declare and we call down revelation and information on what we need to know about how we can be the best innovators in our context. And Father, I thank you so much that we have got mighty, mighty people working with us in our teams. But Lord, I recognize that people will be working on their own. And so Holy Spirit, legions of angels, will you just stand with these guys and let them know that they're part of the kingdom of God team to bring about restoration and reconciliation into the hearts and minds of children, and young people, we pray. Holy Spirit, we just say, come and we just say, leave every worry and fear that we might have about our roles, whether we're about to go on to furlough or coming just off furlough or not sure about the way forward or don't know how to reconnect to get back into physical meetups. We leave all of that at the cross and we say, Jesus, we pray for the fresh revelation that you can bring. Teach us to be the best we can. And Father, thank you so much that you've trusted us so much with children, young people, because you have entrusted the care of children, young people into our lives. Let us never take that for granted. And let us just resume the position of innovation, which is Holy Spirit come and reveal true direction towards where we need to go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to hand it back over to whoever needs to. Um, so um, I'll, I'll you can hand back over to me, Ben, but don't go away just yet because in a, a minute or two, we're going to have some questions for you. So hopefully it'll be all right to answer some of those. Please. Um, but before we do, I just want to say thank you so much for that brilliant message. I'm sure there's loads and loads of people who will be really keen uh, as they've been responded in the chat to download those materials. So perhaps during the break in a few minutes time, you can click that link and give Ben your details so that he can send uh, all those resources to you. Now, I don't think I've ever seen a keynote delivered quite like that. So it certainly fits in with our theme of being innovative. Uh, and I do love an escape room. So that totally drew me in. Uh, and I'm sure there's lots of people now looking forward to your se uh, seminar later on during the day, Ben. So like I say, we're now going to hear uh, from some of you guys by the questions posted in the chat. 
So for that, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Whitaker, our Director of Education, who has been keeping an eye on that for us. And we've also got Lindsay, who's been monitoring our untapped Facebook group. So let's uh, hear from them and see what kinds of questions people have been asking. Morning, gang. Um, it, it's uh, fascinating, actually. I think that there's been a testament to your to your keynote is the fact that everyone's been so absorbed in trying to solve the problems, uh, deal with the questions and the challenges that actually um, they kind of got to this point where they're, they're, they're thinking, whoa, I'm a bit blown away. So the questions have, uh, have, have been a little bit limited. The biggest question, the most repetitive one was, can we have this? Uh, and then you answered it. So um, so that's great news uh, that this there. Um, I think that one of my questions, just to kind of throw in, there's a, there's a couple in there, but one of the questions that I think would be useful to kind of reflect on is, you know, how how easy is it for children's workers, youth workers to, to try and think about emulating some of this stuff? So it's great to access the stuff that you've produced so professionally, but is there a world in which they can kind of take that concept of trying to explore the Bible for a particular theme to explore that with their young people and create some resource that might enable them to do that? So, so kind of how easy? That's my first question. Yeah, and um, so what we've learned is we've we've journeyed with young people, um, and uh, we've enabled the children and young people to bring their ideas into play, intentionally giving space for them to say, "I've got this thought, I've got this idea," and actually we breathe life on it, and we provide some way of it going to grow. And um, some ideas stick, some ideas don't stick, and and actually um, we want to create a culture of of trying out and talking about ideas and and actually that's the beauty about it is if we can talk and hear ideas and 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 say yeah that's brilliant that's awesome let's try that a lot of this stuff that we do before we release it up kind of the next level is that we try and test it in our youth groups that we regularly visit and our children's groups that we regularly support and most of the times it's been shaped by the individual in that context and and majority of it is their idea we're just being a big horn, just blowing horn about it to say this is a this is a resource. Um, so I think we need to be confident that it's okay to 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 listen and to recognise the creativity that the young people have got and and children have got and actually add our emphasis into that. Um, and and it's also it's also okay to not be the one that tries to bring out the new ideas all the time. Um, we've learned that we've learned that we actually aren't the ones that should be doing it all the time. And so we've learned how to just kind of make sure we position ourselves correctly in, in the work that we do. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Lindsay, have you got any questions that you wanted to push in there? Because I can, I can march on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one so far. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I'm getting off everybody is they're just they're loving it. They're bowled over by, someone says, the boldness of the AR approach. Like, it's just been phenomenal. We've got somebody here who just says, could you direct us to somewhere where we could learn how to make an escape room video, please? Yeah, so um, that uh, that was literally done on a um, video program where we just had we had baseline five spiritual attributes, and then when we built that up, we then built the next thing onto that and the ideas and the activities. Uh, so we didn't actually find a website that helped us. We tried to look at doing one on Google, and it was like Google Forms, and we just kind of felt like that wasn't interactive enough and wasn't um, and fun enough. And so really, what we did is we started with five ideas create five activities, looked at how we can create that in five visual ways, and then edited it with um, some some person that was just good at doing video editing. And, and actually, the, the idea is that that some of our children and people have already got that skill. Um, and so we had to refine that because some of those uh, tasks were quite challenging. We had to then go back a down layer to make it more easier and more relatable. Um, so that that's kind of what, what, how we went about it. 
Thanks, Ben. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, just a, a little kind of opportunity to ask one more question. Um, I, I kind of loved the fact that we delved into some of the, the, the children and young people within those biblical contexts. And um, I, and the one I loved most was actually the, the little girl uh, you identified uh, as the, the person who's, who spoke to Naaman in a position of adversity. And I kind of wonder, um, uh, are, have you got any other kind of pointers to some of those kind of key children in the Bible that are not the obvious ones, if you like, not the, the, the Daniels, not the, the kind of Davids? Have we got some... Uh, are, we, are there some good examples that you might be able to throw out to some of our children's workers and say, do you know what, just like this little girl that, that supported Naaman, here's some great kids in our Bible that we could try and signpost to some of our young people to kind of inspire them and encourage them? Um, the short answer is, no, I haven't got it off the top of my head, but thank you. That's a Bible trivia question right there. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's asking the question um, that we need to, when we look at any story in Scripture, is is what would it look like if there was a child at the time observing what was going on? And so looking at every, every point of scripture stories and say, what would, it, what would it feel like if a child saw this taking place? Like the, the chariots of fire moment in the Old Testament with Elijah and Elijah. What would it look like if a child saw that and articulate that or recognize that at work? And I think that's the kind of um, the, 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 the temptation that we need to ask ourselves is to stretch ourselves looking at that kind of 3D angle and seeing who else is going to be part of that story. Because we read scripture through the lens of an adult reading it to an adult, and therefore it's only adults around at the time. But if we look at the scripture of uh, feeding the 5,000, I, I like to stretch that number to be more in it's feeding the 15,000. Because if for every, for every male that was counted in scripture, there needs to be a equivalent to a female counted in scripture to equivalent to a, a child, if not two. Because let's be honest, the, the, the community of the, and the village followed when something was happening. And so we've got to ask ourselves that question is, what does it look like for a child to observe this at the point of when it's happening? And that will help strengthen our thinking about how we kind of position our young people and children to know the revelations that need to happen and we need to understand in that scripture. Yeah, thank you for that, Ben. Just just one quick one. Uh, there's one of the comments that came into the chat was that um, to, to do some of the escape room activities, it perhaps presumes a little bit of biblical knowledge up front. Um, is there a way in which you can kind of create some of this stuff for, for those who are perhaps not so biblically literate? Yeah. Um, and so the uh, activity sheet that we've put actually helps stretch some of that thinking a bit more. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, there may be, I mean, we did design this particularly for those that we would have in our, uh, our children's ministries at the moment. But definitely there's loads of escape room opportunities that you can use. So like, don't just go with the Christian one and hear my heart on this is, there's loads of escape rooms out there that you can bring a biblical reflection on the back of. And so use what's already out there and grow confident in how to run one and then, and then bring a reflection of God into that kind of God nugget of opportunity, that four or five seconds of God revelation that could happen about uh, or come alive within a, a lot of room that's already out there. Um, that's, that's something we've been uh, looking at trying to think about. How do we use stuff that's in the secular world that people know of? and bring something of a reflection on what God might be wanting to say uh, and not be shying away from that. It sounds a little bit backwards, but it's actually quite a safe way to start with those who are not yet, un not church young people. Thanks, Ben. Really appreciate that. I'm going to hand back to, to Sarah. Actually, we've got one more question. Oh, sorry. One more. Uh, just, uh, this is now thinking schools wise. So how would you, you suggest moving forward there and how would that best work 
to look to engage them. With this particular resource or just in general? It just says thinking school-wise, how would you suggest moving forward there and how does how does would that best look to engage them? Yeah, so um, the you could run this in a lunch club CU if you wanted to as a great way to just help them. Um, or you could look at it and tie it into uh, the idea of um, influence or the idea of um, recognizing importance. So you can bring that into what the school might be teaching our children uh, about um, position of authority or you know importance and responsibility. You can bring some of that in. So you can use these stories to articulate that and just slightly adapt some of the conversations you might have with them uh, because uh, the stories are great stories, just like it is great stories of uh, things that we're watching and reading all the time. So you can find that this might be a helpful resource, um, but uh, if it's not, then, then don't try and pigeonhole it into a school. This was for the sense of children in your youth groups, uh, but they are great stories to use to bring uh, a reflection of um, citizenship you know, you could bring some of that into your conversation and use these stories as examples of people of being good British citizens in their context, if that's something of a way to connect it. Brilliant. Um, finally, very finally, uh, so someone's saying that they don't have internet access at church, so they're covered to using their own phones. So what happens maybe security-wise if they're not allowed to use phones or those without phones, how could they engage is what they're asking, I think. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to be interpreting that through the lens of um, AR and VR or through the lens of the uh, escape room. Which way do you want me to go? Um, AR, VR. Okay. So uh, first off, you could probably ask if your church does not have internet, your church should be paying for your data bolt-on and you should be expecting them to pay unlimited data for you to have access. And then you open up your hotspots and let people on the back of that download the apps and interact with it. Majority of our apps that we've got do not need internet access to occupy and run them unless there is a video streaming through it. So first off is get the church to increase your data budget, okay? And it doesn't take much to just increase it for another five, 10 pounds a month to get unlimited data. The second thing is if they don't have smartphones, then you can attach anything that you've got through a lead to a TV and invite young person up one at a time afterwards in this current situation, please anti-back everything down and spray it and make sure it's clean, but bring them up to the front one at a time for them to interactively engage with the activity. And that's another way of doing it. The third way is um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to tackle digital poverty uh, right now. And so we're trying to ask the question, how do we make sure all of our apps that we are creating using augmented reality um, is enabling us to have still the same best experience if you haven't got the latest smartphone that does augmented reality? So you'll hear in my session at lunch, uh, after lunch is that um, you need a th about three or four year old phone to do augmented reality. But what we've done now is we've built an infrastructure in our apps that goes, oh, wait a minute, this phone is not augmented reality compatible. So we then switch off the AR function that tells the, the phone needs to be AR to then allow them to play a 2D experience. And it all happens on the screen so that no one is excluded from how to play the app everyone's included. And that is a big win right now for us to alleviate digital poverty amongst young people. And the new Thy Kingdom Come resource that's coming out in a few months time that we're making for them, for Lambeth Palace, that will have the digital poverty sensitivities on, and therefore that can be done both AR and non-AR for you guys.
Thank you for that. Just to flag up, uh, uh, Archdeacon David has said that if you're in Blackburn Diocese, it may be possible to apply for a grant for your church to get internet access. So that's good. If you're not in Blackburn Diocese, then move in. <laughs> Look at that. That's great. Well done, Stephen. We hope that you've enjoyed this talk. For more resources and training, please visit our resource area on bdeducation.org.uk.